the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report. This is the show where we give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stallnicker here with Chad Robichaux, and glad to have you with us today. Today we're going to jump into a topic that uh, may be unfamiliar to you, and it really just depends. This is one of those issues that if you are affected by it, you're probably deeply affected by it. If you're not, then you're not. But it's a topic that all of us need to understand and one that impacts every one of us, whether we understand it or not. Today we're going to discuss briefly the topic of family law and parental alienation. And uh, Chad, we talk about the family all the time, how important the family is. But we understand that when a husband and wife decide they can no longer be together, often there are children involved. Mm. And unfortunately, the way our system is set up, those children can be used as weapons from one parent to the other. This is an important issue and one that we really need to uh, get a grasp of. And and I do believe it affects everyone. I mean, uh, you could be someone like me that grew up... uh, you know, from a divorce, yep. I, I, my parents divorced when I was seven years old. It had a major impact on my life. Looking back now, right. as an adult and as a person who understands, it had a major impact on my life. Uh, and uh, or, or you know, it could be you're divorcing and and your children go through it. Right. Uh, or even another area of could be where you didn't grow up in a divorced home, or you stay married yourself, but you're part of a community, and we're all part of communities. And those communities are impacted by fatherless homes yeah. and fatherless uh, children. And uh, so we're all impacted by this one way or the other. And this is just an important issue. I don't think it gets enough uh, people talking about it. Right. I'm really excited about today's uh, guests, not just because they have a lot of information on it, because of what they're doing to talk about it and bring awareness to, to yeah. the fatherless issues in our country. Yeah, and the right perspective, I think, is, uh, is what our guest today brings. And uh, really, really grateful that he could be with us. Today our guest is uh, Eric Carroll. Really happy to have Eric Carroll with us. He is going to help kind of unpack this for us. And Eric has become a friend of both Chad and mine over the last, uh, probably last year and a half. I think we've gotten to know each other. And uh, man, the more I watch you work, Eric, and the more I watch what you guys are doing and hear you talk about it, um, this sounds funny, but I'm real proud of what you guys are doing because it's such an important area of work that I didn't know was important until you explained it to me. And you guys are taking off, and I'm so, so happy about it. Uh, Eric is, among other things, the host of the Dad Talk Today podcast and on the front lines of this issue of family law and parental alienation. And we're going to talk about it. Eric, thanks for joining us, man. Really, really appreciate it. Honored to have you. Hey, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Respect both of you guys and the work you do is so important. So it's a pleasure to be here. We're going to jump into uh, this topic specifically, but your story is so connected to the topic that we'll be discussing. Can you take a couple of minutes and uh, talk about where you came from and how you got involved uh, personally in, uh, in these issues? Yeah, so I'm a Georgia boy. I'm from Columbus, Georgia. I grew up the son of a pastor. Uh, My my family is deeply rooted in the ministry. Both of my grandfathers were pastors all in the Church of God. So uh, that that was where my roots came from. And I watched my dad go out there and help 
people and counsel with marriages and stuff. I always swore I'd never do anything like that, but yet here we are. <laughs> Every pastor's kid everywhere said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. We'll never get involved in that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I had a little bit of struggles coming up. I got married at the age of 18. Um, uh, it went hot and fast. I was a father by the age of 19 and by the age of 20, um, my wife had ran around on me. Um, and I was, I became a single father at the age of 20, raising a one-year-old daughter by myself. I wasn't really ready to be a father. Uh, it was more something I was doing to please her in the beginning, but I became a father and I was, I was so scared because I didn't know what to do. And now here I am, I've got to step up. I, I brought this life and you know, the world and I, I got to take these steps. So it was really one of the moments that really started defining who I was as a person up until then. I just wanted to be a rock star. I was a big rock and roll guy and that was what my life was consumed by. But now I've, I've got this child and uh, I, I believe that's one of the things that's completely overlooked by fathers. The, the process that we go through when we have children and what it does to us as men, um, you know, well, uh, like a year later, my parents was begging me to put my home back together. Yes, you made a mistake. Put your home back together. I was very hesitant, but I ended up remarrying the same woman. Uh, we had another child. Um, fast forward 10 years later, same thing happened again. Um, and then I became a single father of two girls. Uh, during that time, I had faced addiction. Uh, in my 20s, I was booking concerts and working with celebrities and stuff. And that was really to kind of fill some of the voids I had. I had a very low self-esteem. So being able to work with these different guys, it was, you know, I was, I was feeding those voids with success. I was feeding it with drugs. Nothing ever um, gave me that happiness or that satisfaction that I was looking for. But around the time my, my third daughter was born, I remember looking down at her. At that point in time, guys, I was taking about 60, uh, 10 milligram Percocets a day. That's how bad that addiction had took me down. And I remember looking down at her and I was like, you are the most beautiful thing on the face of this earth. For the first time, I was crying real tears here. And I was like, I'm ashamed that I'm your daddy. And I was like, I don't want this feeling no more. I don't want it. But uh, that's, that's when I decided to go and get clean. Uh, I've been clean now for about 12 years. Uh, we, we knocked that out. But around five years ago, uh, me and her went through another divorce. And that was a hard time for me. If you've ever had somebody that's committed an affair on you, it does a lot of things to your psyche, man. And like your, your self-esteem and how you feel about yourself. I wasn't good enough. Nobody wants me. And I think one of the common things that men do is we hurry up and get in another relationship to fill that void, to give us that self-esteem back. And I was no different. I jumped into something uh, because I didn't want to be a single guy. I liked being a married guy and being at home. I never asked for a divorce. Um, but I got in a relationship. It went hot and fast too. had another daughter. And uh, I, I really should have took my time because once I found out I could not exist in that relationship anymore, the child became a weapon. And uh, I would see her for up until a year. Once she found out I had moved on and I was dating, uh, she started keeping my child away from me. So at that time, I go to a lawyer. I, I paid this guy $400 to consult with me for an hour. When I left there, he basically told me it was cheaper to keep her, try to get back with her. And I was like, okay, that's not happening. Um, and then I go to another lawyer and they all say the same thing, man, you've got a great case. We can get you what you want. I need $10,000 on retainer to get started. Well, here I am raising these two girls in a home as a single father. I didn't have $10,000. And I started kind of like going down into it and reading the resources that we had. And I found out how big of a business this is. This is a $55 billion a year industry. 
and it's very biased against men. And we see the fatherless issue that's being talked about right now, but what they're not telling you is the fight that these guys are actually putting in, the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they're putting in to be in their children's lives. And then with the way the laws are, you got what's called parental alienation. It's where a parent uses their child as a weapon to get back at the one that either left them or doesn't want to be with them anymore. And that child becomes that weapon. And we see these stories every single day. Alec Baldwin and Johnny Depp are no exception. We're seeing them in the news right now with Johnny Depp's case is a little bit different. That goes into the false allegations. But guys, when I saw what was going on with the system, I was looking for resources as a dad to find out what was going on. And there was none. I mean, you could find some if you looked really hard, but to see what I was actually experiencing and I thought it was rare, you know, with my background and what I did with um, celebrities and musicians, I said, I'm going to make a podcast about this. I never wanted to do a podcast, but it's like, I'm going to do a podcast and see if I can get on some of these guys and, and tell, show people what's going on. And I thought it was a rare situation. We had 10,000 followers before the first podcast aired because we was putting posts out there telling people a little bit about our situation. And I realized right then, I was like, this is much more of an epidemic than I thought it was. And that's kind of what led us to Dad Talk. Another great conversation. But before we continue, I wanted to introduce you to one of our sponsors. Great to have them on board with us. This is the MuttVet family. MuttVet, they are the very first crypto token for veterans by veterans. Uh, Mutt, M-U-T-T, that is the Marines United Tufel token. If you're not familiar with Tufel, it's Tufelhunden. That is the devil dogs. It goes all the way back to World War I. Marines understand that if you're a Marine listening, you get it. And this is a token for veterans by veterans. If you've not yet looked at blockchain technology and cryptocurrency, you need to. If you listen to this show, we've had conversations about this in the past. This is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, nor would I encourage you to do something just because I tell you to. <laughs> but if you haven't looked at it, uh, certainly this is a conversation taking place globally and you need to take a look. And this is a good place to focus. If you are interested, uh, I would certainly encourage you to go and check out MuttVet. For those that own this and participate, the MuttVet family may occasionally reward its holders with airdrops, new holder referral bonuses, as well as donation incentives. Uh, there are so many places that you can get involved in cryptocurrency, and I would encourage you to take a look at MuttVet, www.muttvet.com. Yeah, wow, yeah. incredible story, man. So when you talk about uh, the you know, family law and the, uh, you know, the uh, problem of, of keeping fathers from their, uh, from their children, you know, not a lot of people really can connect to it or relate to it unless they've been through it or, or going through it like, like, you, like you have. You know, thankfully, it's nothing I personally had to deal with. But, but I look at that situation, and me and Jeremy were talking about this before the show, saying this will connect to people who have been through it. But actually, it should connect to everyone because uh, parents that grow up without children affects uh, – I mean, parents that grow up without fathers, children that grow up without, without fathers – it, it impacts our society, our communities, and our society. So this is an issue for everyone, not just for for dads. Um, you know, can you talk about what the problem actually, what the problem at the at this root actually is? Where is it motivated from? What's is there agenda there? And uh, and and why is it so important for you to take on this fight? Absolutely. And, and Chad, what you just said is part of the problem that we're facing as a society. Unless you're going through it, you don't know about it. And by that time, it's too late. 
we've got to start getting on to these things before it happens. Right now, you got the fatherless epidemic, but everybody's talking about it from the dad just didn't want to be in the home. It's not true. I started seeing the exact opposite of what they've put out there in TV. The dad is always the bumbling idiot. He's the guy that abandoned the family. He's not there. I had a, I had a great father, but you're not seeing many portrayals of them out there. Um, Reagan, uh, you know, instated a no-fault divorce. He later said at the end of his presidency, it was the worst mistake he did when he was in office. What happened? Divorce spiked. And uh, they made something called Title 4D of the Social Security Act. There's a lot of things that goes on with that, so I can't explain it all the way, but I'll give you a little bit of an overview of what this thing does. Um, so many women, single mothers were getting on welfare. They were getting on food stamps that it was putting a drain on the system. So the federal state said, Hey, we'll send money back to the States and incentive off of every dollar paid in child support to kind of offset some of these costs. And I think it's about 66% off of the, you know, going back towards the welfare. So that means 66% of every one of those dollars is going back to the state and what's paid in child support. Most of the time, who makes the most money is going to be dad. What is in their best interest? If they want to make the most money, he needs to be paying child support. And the less time he gets, the more he pays in child support. So I think some of those incentives that aren't talked about as much really need to come out into the forefront because it is a business. And when you get in here and you see half of our politicians, guys, and we got them on both sides. I think everybody knows where I stand politically, but I got to call it like it is. On both sides, half of our politicians are attorneys. In the state of Texas, where you guys are, 200 parents showed up at the Capitol not long ago to get what's called shared parenting. If mom and dad do get a divorce, dad and mom would be equal. They would both do what's in the best interest of the child. They'll work together, and they'll both take care of the kids. There was only 10 people that showed up against these 200 that opposed it, and they all belonged to the Texas Family Law Foundation, the lobbyist for the attorneys. And that was even brought up inside of the meeting, and they had – like 30 different sponsors, bipartisan support in there to, uh, to sponsor this and want to see it go through. But it gets killed every single time. It just makes too much money. And I think a lot of people have their hands in this. And it's so easy. We'd rather keep that deadbeat dad narrative out there because we got to keep that industry rolling. We were, uh, yeah. we were at an event together um, close to a year ago, and we were having a conversation about this. And you talked about politicians who are unwilling to talk about it what you just outlined because of the money involved because of the influence that's there and all that is wrapped up in that and uh, at the time you were trying to break into having some of these very high level conversations that recently you've been able to have and it's it's been crazy to watch but you've been able to speak to some very influential people politicians uh, some not politicians but but very influential and uh, to see that happen is awesome how has your response been your response from them from these folks who are uh, whether politicians or they are just very influential people, um, how have they received you and what have they said about this problem in particular? You know, Jeremy, I, I was very vague on that and I've learned going to these different states and talking to these politicians. Some of my opinions have changed. I just thought nobody wants to talk about it. There's some good people out there. They just don't know about it. That's the problem we addressed earlier, right? They just didn't know about it. Now you do get the attorneys that when they find out about it that are in office, they're like, uh-uh, you're not taking away that gravy train. 
but we've met some amazing people and just hearing some of the stories and getting, I mean, we got guys that are in office that are coming on the show talking about being falsely accused of sexual molestation, being falsely accused of abuse. We saw what happened with Brett Kavanaugh. It's very close what's going on in politics with what's going on in family court. So they're starting to talk about it. Ben Carson was probably one of the episodes that really struck a chord with me. Um, Outside of parental alienation and some of the battles that we're going through in family court is the issue of paternity fraud. Um, Out of all the people that are actually getting paternity tests right now, 33% that come back are people that were not the father. That's very alarming. That's the only ones that are being tested. Ben Carson was almost a victim of paternity fraud. He had a lady that tried to say that he was the father to her child because she knew where he lived. She knew where he grew up and she knew what school he went to. She could put him on the line for it. And he said, he got a call at work one day saying his paycheck was about to be garnished. And he said, uh, this ain't happening. He said, you know, you, ex- you expected me to be one of those other politicians that got some secrets to hide. I've never been with anyone but my wife. And how good was that for him to know you're not bringing that towards me? But just to hear somebody of his stature talking about, I mean, he, even he was no exception. They'll come after you in any way. And I think it's big in politics because a lot of these, uh, these high-profile guys, you don't hear these allegations of abuse or rape or anything until they say they're running for office. You know what I mean? So it, it's really got a lot of correlation with the family law. But I'd say Ben, hearing that from Ben really opened my eyes and gave me hope that this is an issue that people want to talk about. When we was there at CPAC this past March, our booth was one of the most popular booths there. We were talking about something different, the breakdown of the family. Everything we do begins and ends with family in this country, you know, God first, but family's right after that. And without that strong leader, without that strong dad, uh, we're heading down the wrong path, guys. Who are some of the more prominent people that you've talked to? Uh, you don't have to list all of them, but. Ooh. So, of course, last week we was talking about that before we came on here. I got 24 hours notice, got to go talk to Donald Trump. He hadn't been on the show yet. Um, we're working on that one. Uh, but Dr. Ben Carson, and we've had Congressman Jim Jordan, Colonel West. I know that's a good friend of you guys. I hope he wins the governorship. Uh, anyway, um, we've had John Schneider, uh, Robert Davi. Oh, God. Um, Kevin Sorbo was on yesterday. The Kendrick brothers that made the, the film Fireproof, Courageous, Overcomer. They just made a new movie that talks about the fatherless issue that comes out in October called Show Me the Father. Um, and we've got a lot more lined up. It's... Uh, just to be honest with you, we could be doing a lot more, but we have a very small skeleton crew of devoted people that's been doing this with us, and uh, we're looking forward to some big things coming out. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. 
There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is mightyoaksprograms.org. That's good. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about you know keeping a family get together, divorce, uh, it not, doesn't just impact the adults involved in the divorce. It obviously impacts the kids, uh, the communities, the culture. Clearly the best case scenario for any any marriage is that the family stays together, the husband and wife, they grow old together and the kids get to grow up and have their own families. But, you know, we know that's not that's not always always the case. So uh, can you talk about the impact of divorce on kids when parents can't work together uh, versus when parents do, do, divorce, do actually divorce and, and are able to work together for their overall good of the the children yes i mean and you know i think that goes back to hollywood too chad if you look at it you know there's always the movie of the woman that finds the new man and he saves the day from the abusive husband or the abusive boyfriend uh the impact of divorce on children i can speak to that from my personal experience my daughters uh during this last divorce the first time my daughter was one year old so she didn't even know any better this last time she was a teenager and then i had a seven-year-old in the house i got called every day from school from the counselor she was in that office crying her eyes out and she gained a good bit of weight after that and as a father that broke my heart i didn't want her home to break up but it is it is very traumatic on children. I've spoke to a lot of these guys that say the worst thing that ever happened to them in their life. And the, one of the biggest memories they have was their family splitting up. I think, you know, the younger the kids are, sometimes they don't remember. But when you got teenagers and kids that are a little bit older, they see everything. You got to be mindful, even if you are going through these issues, guys. I'd rather divorce not happen. I think marriage is an institution that it's slowly we're not seeing people get married like they used to. But um if that does happen, watch what you're saying around your kids. It's easy when those, those emotions and those, those tempers are going and you're going through these problems with um, your spouse or your ex-spouse for, to say things that you don't mean. But even if they've done bad things to you, your child still loves their parent. You know, and they get torn between because mom and dad's at each other. And I believe the family courts, you're, is, is, we, we, we take this scenario, uh, you got two people that loved each other enough to get married first, and then they laid down and they had children together. Somewhere along the lines, they hit that, that little snag where they can't exist anymore. Now we're going to put them in a room with strangers that only get to hear a few minutes of each, uh, each story. Now they're going to be fussing over the dog. They're going to be fussing over the home, the retirement, and then the kid gets caught in the middle. And there's so much weight put on their shoulders. A lot of times they got to go testify against their own parents in uh, court. And it's, if you ask me, it's child abuse. It really is child abuse, especially when you got alienation and somebody is trying to make a, a child feel guilty for wanting to be with the other parent. It's, um, they're not meant to bear the weight of their parents' choices. Yeah. And, and I just, uh, I think, I think some couples like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to stick around for the kids. And when they get older, then it'll be better. And, uh, you know, I'm a brand new empty nester. And, you know, I think of that, you know, now in my, in my life, like that decision in, in my family would still hurt my adult children and it would have exponential impact on their lives, even as adults, not just kids being in the home. It does, you know, but, I think we, we've got to get back to the, the, the importance of marriage, and I think the church plays a very vital part in this. That's one thing I can say about my dad as a pastor. 
He liked to counsel people about marriage. We've got, again, the Hollywood uh, vision of what marriage is, the fireworks and all this stuff. Man, that's just, sometimes it's not true. There's going to be times you don't even want to look at your spouse. Uh, there's going to be times where you don't want to be around each other. And that could be for anybody, Jeremy, me, you or Chad. If we stay in a room together for a couple months, I'm sure there's going to be points of time. You're like, hey, man, you need, you need to back off, go on somewhere. I'm about to lose it. Um, but those times are going to come. And if you can make it through those times, that's what, it, well, that's what marriage is about. That's, that's what builds it up. I remember there was times my, my dad being in the ministry, him and my mom, they would get in their fusses and I'd be like, man, I wish they'd break up. Man, and they would never do it. They would never do it. Um, and later on in life, you know, um, I, I just watched this, these two people that loved each other so much because they had faced that adversity. They had been through so much together. And I think we have made it look like marriage is supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be these fireworks. And then when these, when these young kids are hitting these snags, it's just divorce is the first thing that comes up. No, man, fight for that. That's your family. Both parents are best. If, if, if you don't want to you know, stick with somebody, then don't make that commitment. If you want to cheat on somebody, don't get married. But if you get married, that's your spouse. That's your life partner. Do what needs to be done. Stick on in there. And that's, that's what's best for your kids. Sometimes it's going to break up, guys. But if you do everything you can, you do everything you can to keep it together and it still fails, you at least did your part. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric? Where would you recommend someone start if they find themselves in a situation like this one? Um, you know, for whatever reason, the marriage, they find, the husband and wife find themselves in a place where it is irreconcilable. Um, I, I believe that with, with God <laughs> and with the right help, there's nothing that is irreconcilable. But whatever happened, happened, and you find yourself in a spot where you really need help and you just don't know where to look. Uh, where would you recommend someone starts? You know what, guys? Start with your spouse. There was something that brought you two together and you loved each other. Somewhere that communication gets broken down. Uh, at first, you're going on these dates. You're having on this, all this fun together. Now you're wiping a baby's butt. You're having to work. You're having to pay these bills. And those are not so fun things. And I think we get wrapped up in that sometimes. And it takes uh, time away from that relationship. Keep dating your spouse. Keep getting in there and having communication. Tell them about your day. If there's something that's bothering you, tell them. But if there's something that's bothering them, sit down, listen to them. There's merit there. Guys, communication is key. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Jeremy, I've never seen a marriage counselor be that um, effective. But I tell you who would feel um, when I had my marriage problems and I didn't have it during my last divorce, my father, a pastor, you get a good pastor that knows um, the importance of marriage, that knows the importance of family and has his uh, faith and has his values in the right place. Go talk to your pastor. Make sure you're hanging out with the right people. If you're facing uh, problems in your marriage, get off of social media. Get off of social media. That is a cancer, guys. There's so many different places. You're seeing these pictures of all these people. That's all this happiness and all these fireworks. I guarantee you off that screen, it's not exactly what it's looking like on that snapshot on that wall. Get off of there. Don't compare yourself to others. That's your spouse. You loved them. Build your family back up. Make sure you're doing what's right for you and your family and learn how to stick on in there because your kids are watching that. You want your kids to just say, I'm not happy anymore. I'm getting a divorce. They're watching that. Be the example that you want them to be. That's where I would say there's, there's lots of other shows where you guys can go on and get some information. Um, but please make it your last resort. That's good. That's yeah. good, Eric, man. 
That's great. Yeah. Nah, man. Could have awesome. said it better myself. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks for what you. Thanks for what you're doing. And that presumes that you've already gotten into church, right? And you're doing the right things on the front end, so that you don't have to deal with this on the back end. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome, man. Where can people follow you? Learn more about you. Um, you know, get involved in the work that you're doing. So we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're facing a lot of censorship right now, guys. <laughs> I'm going to lie to you, um, we're close to 300,000 followers sometimes, our stuff isn't getting out there, so the more you can like and share, the more it helps us. Uh, we just got sponsored by MyPillow, so uh, uh, Mike Lindell has been amazing to our team, he's got us up on Frank, so you can now watch our show on Frank. And we're talking about getting in some more places. I'm trying to update Apple and Google, but we're pretty much on every platform. If you just search Dad Talk today, we should pop up. Yeah, awesome. A shame that uh, keeping the families together would be be censored, but that's where we are today. Unbelievable. And so we're pray, we're praying for uh, praying for that for you. Yeah, keep fighting <laughs> the good fight, man. That's right. Is censored, Chad. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. That's good. <laughs> You're right, Eric. Thank you, man, and uh, keep up the good work. All right, thank you, guys. God bless. Another incredible conversation with an incredible guest, and uh, we've got a lot of friends in a lot of different areas, but uh, Eric and his team are doing amazing work, uh, such important work. And, and I'll tell you, one of the things I appreciate about Eric is his perspective on the family, uh, the fact that he appreciates the family, and that when I say what resources are available to someone having a hard time, uh, his answer wasn't this attorney or that attorney or this thing or that thing. It was, look, you need to fight for your marriage, fight for your family, fight for your kids, and, uh, and move from there. I really appreciate that about him. Uh, so helpful. So helpful. You need to follow him. But some takeaways for today, and I hope that you will get a hold of these. This is your situation report. Number one, there is an issue related to family law and parental alienation in the United States. Uh, many of us are not impacted directly by this, but culturally, and I would say nationally, we're all impacted to one degree or another. It is a problem. The second part of this for me and in trying to understand this issue is realizing that the problem goes very deep. Uh, there are even financial incentives and power incentives involved in continuing this problem. <laughs> and it seems like when you are presented with a problem, you would want a solution, but many people are fighting against the solutions because it is politically or financially advantageous to them. So this is a big, big issue. Finally, for a takeaway today, though, and again, Eric did such a great job articulating this when it comes to our families, we need to invest in our relationship so that we never find ourselves in a situation where we're asking the question, what do we do now? Certainly, as he mentioned, there are resources available for those who find themselves in a very difficult situation, dealing with custody issues and all of those other things that we talked about. But the best thing you can do for your family, the best thing you can do for your kids, and honestly, the best thing you can do for society is to invest in your marriage. You came together for a reason. You loved each other. You built a family. Invest in that family and continue seeing it grow and go. And uh, you will build a foundation upon which the rest of your family and the rest of your legacy can be built. And that is today's situation report. So many other things we could discuss, and hopefully we will in future episodes. But thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost 
and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.